0: take my life less seriously, it's only life after all, yeah. Well, darkness has a hunger that's insatiable, and lightness has a call that's hard to hear. And I wrap my fear around me like a blanket sail my ship of safety till i sank it i'm crawling on your shores i went to the doctor i went to the mountains i looked to the children i drank from the fountains there's more than one answer to these questions pointing me in a crooked line and the less i seek my source for some definitive Closer I am, ah, yeah. Closer I am, ah, yeah. And I went to see the doctor of philosophy with a poster of Rasputin and a beard down to his knee. He never did marry. see a big great movie he graded my performance he said he could see through me i spent four years prostrate to the higher mind got my paper and i was free i went to the doctor i went to the mountains i looked to the children i drank from the fountains there's more than one these questions, pointing me in a crooked line, and the less, less I seek I my sourceful subject, source. closer I am high. High. Yeah. Closer I am. With a headache, like my head against a board, twice as cloudy as I've been the night before, and I went in seeking clarity. I went to the doctor. I went. I Jesus, seek by source, by my definitive. source, for some definite lives. Closer I am defined. Closer I am defined.
1: Closer I am defined. Good morning, New UCC. Good morning, New UCC. My name is Jim Johnston, and my pronouns are he, him, and his. I'm a member of your Board of Trustees and it is my great honor this morning to welcome you to worship at the Unitarian Universalist Congregation of Columbia. As we begin, we honor the Biscataway people and their ancestors. It is upon their land that we reside. We are served by the Reverend Paige Getty Minister and by our very talented and dedicated team of religious educators, musicians, and other professional staff. Thank you all. Much appreciation also goes out to to many of you, our lay leaders and volunteers, your incredible efforts and dedication help keep us connected. Whoever you are, wherever you're from, whoever you love, and whatever your faith tradition, you are welcome here. We particularly welcome any guests joining us this morning, and we encourage you to fill out the visitor form in the lobby or online, and to connect with others in the social hour after service this morning, so we even have a chance to meet and welcome you in person. And finally, for those of you attending here at the Owen Brown Interfaith Center this morning, please take a moment now to silence any electronic devices you have. I have a couple of announcements this morning. Newcomers today are invited to join Sarah Davison in room 170 for today's newcomer class. It'll start at 1130, uh, and it's on what spiritual community is and what it means to us. A reminder after services this morning to stop by the green table in Sanctuary B to donate to our nourishing uh, garden fence. And while you're in Sanctuary B, please take a moment to stop by the Values, Mission, and end Shepherding Committee table to learn how you can contribute your perspectives to help us define our commitment to our community's values, mission, and ends for the next several years. And I have a couple of additional announcements that um, I'm gonna turn it over to the UUCC youth in a moment. And then after they're finished with their announcement, Robin Hesse will come up with a um, Committee on Right Relations minute. Uh, and it'll be a, a she'll talk more about uh, some opportunities after service this morning, too. So again, welcome all. I'm gonna turn it over to the To the
2: UUC-C youth. Hey everyone.
3: I'm Olivia. I use she, her pronouns.
2: I'm Doug. I use he, him pronouns. For a few years, the youth group here at UUC has been working with Big Creek People in Action in West Virginia, volunteering our time to help rebuild and fix homes in McDowell County the third poorest county in the US. And with this year's trip comes this year's fundraising. We're working together to raise funds to cover the cost of supplies, food, and transportation so that everybody in the youth group can go on the trip.
3: Today in the lobby, the youth group has put together a bake sale. The teens have baked various goods such as Rice Krispie Treats, Red Velvet Cookies, and Vegan Blueberry Muffins. Any goods you buy will contribute to the funding of our trip.
2: That's not the only way you can support our teens. If you're not feeling hungry, consider our odd jobs program. Oh man, I'll never move this really heavy cabinet by myself. If only I had some strong, able-bodied teens to help.
3: Wow, I have so much upper body strength and such a strong back. I really wish there was some furniture I could lift right now.
2: Or maybe you have a yard full of leaves, but don't have the energy to rake them yourselves. Wow, I wish I had time to rake all of these
4: leaves.
2: (laughs) If only I had a 14 to 18-year-old, enthusiastic, smart, strong, leadership-oriented, brave, attractive. If only I had someone like that to help.
3: Wow, I sure am an enthusiastic, smart, strong, leadership-oriented teen. I wonder if there's someone who could use all of my amazing skills. I could. Has it been so long since you last washed your car that it feels like a Herculean task?
2: Oh, how am I ever going to wash this car? (laughs) Wow!
3: The so you can now help with any odd jobs you have. Moving furniture. Gardening. Cleaning.
2: Walking your dogs.
3: Shoulder massages. What? Filing taxes.
2: I don't... Taking think care do of your enemies. Okay, I think they get the point, <laughs> Olivia. If you have that one project that you just don't have time for...
3: Or that thing that you just never get around to, our youth are here to help you with those miscellaneous projects.
2: You can learn more about these odd jobs from me or Olivia in the lobby at the bake sale or pick up a flyer.
3: Just look for the teens that have the ask me about odd jobs stickers. That's us. <laughs> we hope to see you at the bake sale and we hope you consider our program. Thank you. So
5: many props. Yeah, just leave it.
6: Hard act to follow. (laughs) Hi, I'm Robin Hessey, and I've been working with the Covenant of Right Relations Committee, and I've been reflecting a lot on the first agreement of the Covenant of Right Relations, which we call CRR, and this one says, I will maintain a spirit of goodwill, understanding the impact of my words and actions may have hurtful impact despite my good intentions. This agreement is really full of important nuggets to take to heart. The first is the idea that maintaining a spirit of goodwill. Why would we do this if somebody is wronging us, someone is dissing us, or just aggravating us? We don't get along, so why try? Well, we try in order to preserve relationship, get past the conflict, learn from the past, and create a better outcome for everyone. Long ago, I was having a serious family issue when my former husband was descending into the throes of alcoholism and no one believed any of the stories that I would tell, or saw what I saw, happening. His family, who I dearly loved, had decided that I must be the problem and began doing and saying hurtful things to me. At the time, I was working with an organization called Beyond War that was talking about conflict resolution in the face of nuclear war. (laughs) I know. One of its, (laughs) but the macrocosm and the microcosm are very similar. One of the main tenets was, that we should always maintain a spirit of goodwill. Well, here was my test to see if the premise worked in the microcosm. So I called a family gathering, hoping to have, to call an intervention where my husband would go into treatment. However, no one believed that there was a problem and his family seemed totally in his court and I was the problem. So how was this going to work? I was very tense, but had determined to stay calm and maintain the spirit of goodwill. After all, I knew they were good people who I cared about. So after presenting the problem and hearing their objections and discounting much of what I said, I tried to turn the issue around and talked about how we weren't all on two different sides. We were all on my husband's side and we're all on our children's side. So in the face of this great turmoil and distress, how could we make a household the work for the children? How could we solve these issues as a team? And almost on a dime, the tenor of the meeting changed and they started to come up with possible solutions and ended up agreeing to um, try the intervention. I was amazed and to this day, I remember how grateful I was to them for being flexible in their ideas, for listening and earnestly striving for a solution for all. I was so deeply grateful and I knew I could never rise up again in anger and I needed to always focus on the positive outcomes rather than my hurt feelings. This was not easy. So I know a lot of you have had similar situations in your life, and I would like to invite you all to stay after service, whether on Zoom or in person, for discussions here ten minutes after the service, so we can all further and understand what the covenant of right relationships can mean in our life. Thank Thank you.
7: Good morning, UCC, friends, guests. It's good to see all of you through my screen this morning. My name is Paige Getty. I use she, her pronouns, and it's my privilege to serve as minister of this congregation. You can find the order of service online if you'd like to follow along using either the link in the chat or the QR code that's posted on the screen. Those of you that are together in the sanctuary today, there are hearing assist devices available from the team in the tech booth at the back, if that would help you to hear better. And as Jim invited you, if you're a guest today, whether you're in person or online, please complete that visitor form so we're better able to stay in touch with one another throughout the week. My last logistical note is that as is our custom, community members' personal joys and sorrows will be honored later in the service today. So either write yours in the book at the back of the sanctuary or send them via email to joysandsorrows at uucolumbia.net. As you can tell, I am not in the sanctuary myself today. I'm actually joining you from Charlotte, North Carolina. I traveled south yesterday so that I can be at my friend's father's funeral in South Carolina early this afternoon. So thank you so much to everyone who has stepped up and is stepping in to make it possible for me to have this last minute plan. Special thanks to Betsy Osterman, who's your worship associate this morning, and to Graham Getty, who is both my supportive spouse and also a member of your tech team running the service today. And thank you to everyone who said yes to the invitation to be a part of today's service. Thank you all. I wanna take a moment to acknowledge that there is a lot to be celebrated, honored, and mourned on this particular day including the Lunar New Year, Happy New Year to those of you who observe, the 50th anniversary of the Supreme Court's decision in Roe versus Wade, which is a bittersweet milestone today, and reports this morning of a mass shooting at a dance studio in California. May this be a congregation in which together we have the strength to hold all of that together. For this morning's service, each speaker, who range in age from younger than 10 years to more than 90, was asked to craft a personal reflection in response to the question, was it where they lost me that I finally found myself? It comes from Pablo Neruda's book, The Book of Questions, which we referenced a couple weeks ago in service. As I said in the invitation to the speakers for today, I didn't expect their reflections necessarily to answer that question directly or literally. Rather, the speakers were invited to write personal reflections that were inspired by the question. As the editors of the new children's edition of the book of questions wrote, we hope that however the questions arrive for you, they come as a reminder of the vastness of our unknowing and a call to passionate engagement in endlessly re-envisioning the world. So today you will hear from Helena, Ace, Will, Amber, Alfredo, Pamela, Glenner, Norm, and Jean, each having spent time contemplating, was it where they lost me that I finally found myself? Katya Fort Roden had said yes to the invitation, but sadly, unforeseen circumstances have kept Katya from joining us today. We are missing you, Katya. So I hope you will be as moved by these reflections as I have been in reading them as we prepare for today. This congregation is filled with such wisdom and humor and meaning and a vast range of life experience spanning all decades of life. And today we celebrate the beauty of that diversity. Now, will you together take a centering breath, bring yourself fully into this gathering as I hand you over into the care of Betsy Osterman, who will ring the bell to call us into worship. Thank you, Betsy.
8: morning everyone my name is betsy osterman my pronouns are she and her at this time we're ready to begin with the chalice lighting i'd ask ace to come to light the chalice thank you the reading this morning is how Good to Center Down by Howard Thurman. How good to center down, something deep within hungers and thirst for the still moment, a direction, a strong, sure purpose that will structure our confusion and bring meaning into our chaos. As we listen, floating up through all the jangling echoes of our turbulence, there is a sound of another kind, a deeper note, Our questions are answered. Our spirits are refreshed. Now I would ask you to rise in body or spirit to speak together our congressional covenant. Strengthened by community and and inspired inspired by seven seven principles. We promise to be a safe and green community, to nurture each other's hearts spirits, to delight in the of our diversity, to struggle together on our spiritual journeys, and, and to challenge each other to live our values. Thus we pledge our time, vigor, to the continuing celebration of spirit, of the world, and of humankind. And now uh, I invite you to turn and greet your neighbors, in the sanctuary and online Hello? Good morning everybody Hello.
4: <laughs>
9: good, morning. good morning morning you morning so good to Hello. see you Caradon good Hello. to see you Hey John.
4: Hi, hi, hi Flo. Morning, Hello hi, Miss Anne.
10: Good hi. Hi. Okay.
8: morning, Sylvia. Hi, Kathy. Sylvia. Yeah. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> good morning. Hi Judy. Hello Flo. Hi Nate. Hello
10: Julian.
8: Thank you Julian. Annie. Ann. Hi. hi. Hello, hi.
4: Miss, Anne.
10: Anne. Hi. Hi. Hello hi. Miss Ann. Verdict. Good to see you. Hi, John. Uh, John, <laughs> Amen. Okay.
11: Good morning. My name is Kelly Daniker. My pronouns are she and hers, and it is my joy to serve as the Religious Education Assistant at the Unitarian Universalist Congregation of Columbia. Um, I'm gonna invite the kids to come down front. We have some special speakers for you guys today. But before we get to them, I'm just gonna tell you a brief story. So over the years in service, if you've come for a bit, you'll know that I had a favorite childhood doll, Raggedy Ann. I took her everywhere. She was my comfort. She was part of my center. She was part of my feeling of home. It's probably no surprise that because I took her everywhere, I occasionally lost her. And each time I did, I felt like I had lost a piece of who I was. Once my parents and I drove about an hour away from home for a special dinner, and about half an hour into our drive home, I realized I had forgotten my doll at the restaurant. My father turned the car around, went back to the restaurant to retrieve her, And when he came back out to the car with Raggedy Ann, he told us that the restaurant staff had lovingly placed her at the front of the restaurant, sitting on the bar, so that she would be easy to find. (laughs) When I hugged her tightly, I felt so much joy. She had come home and the experience of losing her made her presence even more sweet. Over the many decades of our lives, we lose ourselves and find ourselves over and over and over again. And each time, it feels a little scary. But the gift in these journeys of being lost and found is that it invites us to look inward and to listen, really, really listen, to that still, small voice inside of each of us that's guiding us home to our deepest selves. And now I'd like to invite you to listen to the words of Helena Gelwix.
12: Good morning. My name is Helena Gelwix. I use she, her pronouns. Was it where they lost me that I finally found myself? Yes. You come back to places you've been Think about what happened in the past. It all comes back to you, like it did to me. When I think of where I find myself, it's the woods. I find myself when I meet animals, climb trees. You can find yourself by closing your eyes, thinking hard and thinking light. It's the creatures in the woods the trees and the sunlight through the leaves that makes it a place where I can find myself. And there's a lot to explore everywhere. Thank you.
13: Hello, my name is Ace Sorensen, and my pronouns are he, him, and his. This question piqued my interest because it felt so real to me. I've, um, I've been bullied since I was in third grade. Um, back then it was just because people thought I was like annoying or loud, but now it's that on top of the fact that I'm trans. But around, you know, mid last year, I tried to start healing myself. I tried to start not caring about what other people thought about what I did and taking up my own space and living for myself and not for others. And it started working. I started not caring about what others thought about things they can't change about me. I started doing more things that I enjoy and, you know, protecting myself and my peace and allowing myself to take up my own space and not feel lonely. My therapist was talking to me a month or so ago about self-esteem. She mentioned the authentic self, and I think that's a very important subject that a lot of people ignore. She was, we were listing things that I do and asking if they were authentically me. And most of them were. This is a really good thing for your health, for your self-esteem, and for the way you view yourself and others. And she added this to my list of affirmations, which I try to say to myself every day. Being myself increases success and celebrates the world's natural state of diversity. I want you all to take that home. Where others lost me was where I became my best, most healed, most loving self. Thank you.
14: My name is Will Survey, and this is my reflection. I decided in elementary school that I wanted to become a computer programmer. Like many other kids, I enjoyed computers and technology, though as a career interest, it remained at a surface level. As I became more competent in using computers, I was also placed into harder classes. When I got good grades, it made me happy. But I began to subconsciously tie happiness to academic success. As I grew through high school, I set a goal of getting a degree in computer science. Though, if someone were to ask me why I wanted to achieve that goal, I wouldn't have an answer beyond having suddenly decided at a young age. I was good with using technology, but coding didn't particularly excite me. Eventually, I was accepted into UMD as a computer science major, not knowing that I faced a rocky road ahead. I tried to learn as much as I could in my first classes, and I did enjoy some of it, but conflict grew as my goals met a growing sense of uncertainty. I began to receive 50% scores on exams, which distressed me. I practiced and studied to no avail, feeling as though everything I worked towards was going down the drain. Internally, I still refused to acknowledge the possibility of another path. I ended up failing a major course, which was devastating. While it took a great deal of painful reflection, through the support of my family, I was able to find another way. Soon after, I switched to a program that merged aspects of computer science with the visual-interactive side of technology. Information science allowed me to pursue new interests I had, such as design and sociology. Ultimately, my own failure allowed me to overcome my past expectations and to find what was meant for me.
11: Thank you, Helena and Ace and Will. And would you now please join me in singing our children to class.
8: From time to time, we invite a member of the congregation to speak on why they are invested in the congregation. Today, we will hear from Jenny Bonilla.
15: Good morning, I'm Jenny Bonilla, and my pronouns are she and her. Impact, relationship, community, hope. S'mores, mud, laughter, Lake swimming, reflection, journey, revolutionary love, change. Pageants, world religions, owl, growth. Coffee hour, debates, Black Lives Matter, activism. Gen X, Gen Z, Gen Alpha, my family. My family is a part of UUCC on many levels. And what we value and invest in is this community, this community that envelops us with creativity, that circle once a month, physical growth, Taichuan Do on Fridays, social growth, why are you, you, questioning, world religions and compass points, acceptance, religious ed, and OWL. And by making our pledge, by giving our money every month, we are supporting our commitment to all of you and the necessity for revolutionary love in this building, in this county, in this state, and in this world. All of us need all of us to move forward. And our power exists in organized people, together with our organized money, working towards a common goal of revolutionary love and growth. Thank you.
8: Thank you Jenny. At this time, I invite you to be mindful and generous with your voluntary contributions and sharing of your resources. While we listen to music by Michael, you will see instructions for donating on the screen. To contribute on your phone, text CHALICE to 73256. There's also a basket in the back of the sanctuary for those who have cash or checks. The offering will now be freely given and gratefully received.
16: Good morning, my name is Amber Stone, she, her pronouns. Was it where they lost me that I finally found myself? At first, this question brought up more questions than answers for me. Who are they? How did they lose me? Did they lose me or did I leave them? Have I even found myself? What would that look or feel like? Does anyone really fully find themselves? When it comes to finding myself, the experience that sticks out to me is more so finding acceptance in myself in the way I physically exist in the world. The first time I can remember being shamed and degraded for being fat, I was about seven years old at a doctor's appointment. That set the stage for my lifelong experience of being told that my physical existence makes me a failure, telling me that I am automatically not worthy of love and happiness for existing this way. There are countless examples of things that I encounter in everyday life that reinforce this idea. Some of them are very blatant, such as TV commercials for the newest weight loss trend, while others are sneakier, tiny chairs with fixed arms, literally denying me a seat at the table. The sharing on top is that these things are completely acceptable, if not encouraged, in our society, and for many years I believed those things about myself too. Thanks to social media, I found a community of people fighting for fat liberation, fighting to allow fat people to simply exist peacefully in our bodies, a place where fat is used as a neutral descriptor. This community pioneered largely by black women has helped me to leave behind the destructive systems built into our society that subject fat people to this treatment. Diet culture has lost me, the thin ideal has lost me, the people and organizations that profit from the weight loss industry have lost me. They have lost me and my obedience, which has allowed me to find myself. And finally, I like who I am becoming.
17: Hello, everybody. My name is Alfredo Navatudela, and my pronouns are he, him, and his. And why is the sun such a bad companion to the traveler in the desert? And why is the sun so congenial in the hospital garden? As I travel deeper into the spiral of time, I've learned to appreciate context, perspective, and nuance. Through the 1970s and 1980s, as a child of a well family who grew up in Mexico City, born in the late 1960s, I attended schools where I met children and eventually teenagers whose parents were refugees who had fled the military juntas of Argentina or Chile. Both dictatorships were supported by the USA, both with fascist tendencies, and a big tally of human rights violations and crimes against humanity to their names. It comes as no surprise that I attended many solidarity concerts and rallies with my family and my friends' families to express our sympathy for the peoples of Argentina and Chile where it was not uncommon to have someone read the poetry of Pablo Neruda. In this context, it is not surprising either that in my social circle and family, we were men weary of the Yankees or Gringos, as Americans are often called in Mexico and across Latin America. Uncle Sam represented the boogeyman of global geopolitics, punishing with its mighty armed forces those who ran astray and dared to live contrary to the American way of life. Therefore, naturally, any and all Americans were to be considered the enemy of the free people of the world who chose to live their lives differently. And then I immigrated to the USA. I married an American, and I became one, a citizen of the empire. The reactions of those close to me over the years to leaving my native Mexico for the USA have run the gamut. If you have not experienced the deeply transformative process of migrating to a foreign land and making it your own, it is an experience that is hard to distill in a few words. Was it where they lost me that I finally found myself? I am still me, evolving in time, like the sun is a star.
18: Good morning. morning. I am Pamela Henry, she, hers. My three sons, Aaron, Brendan, and Jonah were mere young teens, actually sitting with me at the dinner table, contemplating, pondering life. One would ask, what if questions? What if the universe was filled with marshmallows? Weird sounds would erupt, snorts, a stab at the answer, and all of this at the same time. Then, another what if question. In my 50s, I could not wrap my mind around any of those what-if questions. A full-time day job and three part-time evening jobs during the week for this single parent was a bit, made me a bit foggy. I think about those times of missed opportunities for more dialogue, laughter, ideas, and holding their attention longer despite the age gap. Today, mid-60s, I have sweet memories and now I ask what-if questions all the time. Octavia Butler, the black writer, author, Lecter, lecturer and queen of what if questions did not live long enough to continue to guide us through pondering everything in life. So what if we could turn those bozos into marshmallows and toss all of them into the universe.
9: morning, everyone. My name is Glenna Shirley, as you have seen. And um, I was born in Jamaica, and I said, there are many crossroads in my Jamaican life. I'm in this world because my father cheated on his wife. He was British Indian and wealthy. My mother was very dark-skinned, but only wanted relationship with lighter-skinned men. So I'm a result of that. I went into boarding school. Um, In Jamaica, um, what happened is once our new prime minister said, you Jamaican people must treat, I had maids sleeping in the room with my children, maids cooking, I did nothing. And um, so when the new prime minister said, you Jamaicans must treat your maids better than that, look at how Cuba treat their people well. And the United States heard the word Cuba and thought we were going to become communists, so there was a mass migration because they stopped supporting us in every single way. So when I came to the United States in 1984, I wrote this, transplanted foreign land, alien culture, difficult adaptation, a new life, straight orientation, philosophical acceptance, the king, almighty dollar. I now empathize with poets and artists who emigrate and write elegies about home. Then winter scared the crap out of me. <laughs> so I said, outside the sun was brilliant. i donned a short sleeve cotton dress, ready to run outside. Everybody yelled at me, are you crazy? It was 30 degrees. So I thought. The seemingly warm sun is cold and indifferent to the entreating arms that seek to enfold themselves in its shining rays. Where I come from, you can always trust the sun. When it shines, it's friendly warm invites you to frolic, fun, and laughter. Your only caution is not to get suckered by the passion of its heated embrace. Learning about snow in this. They say white is pure and good, white as snow. Deceptively pure. For you have to watch your step in that symbol of purity. The white carpet that covers the earth and the treetops are truly beautiful when you view it from inside. (laughs) Outside, those heavily cloaked figures with bowed heads are rushing to get away from that beauty. She's so cold. And my in 84 to 1984, I wrote this when, the, when summer came, the sun kissed the tree and she glowed from the warmth of the embrace. Her proud radiant stance increased. Nobody saw but I. And for winter, because coming from Jamaica, all the weather is the same thing, you know. We may say spring, summer, autumn, winter, but the weather was the same thing. So here, it was very shocking for me to see all the difference. So when autumn came, I said, yesterday I described the beauty of the tree with its multicolored clothing. Today she has a new complexion, too weak to withstand the wind. All her clothes have blown away. Now she's naked, one solid dark grayish color. Her shape is now distinct every vein on her body exposed. A slight drizzle made the raindrops cling to all her branches. Like tears, they fall slowly to the earth, as if she's crying to hide her shame from the exposure. But this darkness has a new beauty. She stands erect. With not a quiver, the raindrops seem like precious stones in a natural setting, and through her now Empty branches, I can see the sky dark gray today because there is no sun. And I just will read one more. The golden orange glow of the sun peeps through the roof, through the naked trees, casting her spell on me. I smile and embrace her, watching her furiously, as she will blind me with her brilliance if I look at her boldly. I welcome the sun. She makes me glad to be alive and to have friends and family. Later, I may complain about her heat and that her brilliance will cause my energy and material position to fade. But for now, I bask in the rays that filter through the trees and permeate the atmosphere with her golden glow. Good
19: morning. Uh, My name is Norm Hazard. I've been a member of this congregation for over 30 years. Was it where they lost me that I finally found myself? This question of the day calls to mind the evolution of my personal religious faith. As a young child, I went to Sunday school in a small rural Protestant church, and in my teens I switched to a nearby congregation that had an active youth group. In both cases, the teachers, youth leaders, and ministers were kindly, trustworthy, and good role models. At that stage of my life, I did not feel that they had lost me. When I was in the Army, I met Sylvia and we married a couple of years later. She had grown up attending the same denomination Church as I had. And soon after we began dating, we talked at length about our religious faith. She had read several books on religion. One of her favorites was The Varieties of Religious Experience by William James. She also had asked her dad and some ministers and college professors some of her questions. Usually she heard opinions that were not totally satisfactory to her. When she shared her questions with me, I found myself in almost total agreement with her. As time passed, the two of us eventually agreed The church of our youth had begun to lose us. Over the years, I continued mulling over my personal faith. I realized that one's faith is influenced mostly by the culture in which one is born and raised. And a commitment to one's faith is often more deeply emotional than rational. I eventually realized that I am an agnostic and what seems most important to me is how one lives. I decided that it was enough to live my life well by practicing the values that Jesus taught, compassion, forgiveness, humility, love, mercy. Sylvia and I both felt this way. In time, we discovered Unitarian Universalism, quickly realizing that we had been UUs for quite some time before we even knew what that meant. We consider ourselves to be UU Christians by which we mean that we try to live our lives as Jesus taught. When I spoke about this with our Reverend Paige Getty, it was comforting to hear her say that she understood exactly what I meant. She put it this way, you are following the religion of Jesus, not the religion about Jesus. I felt that I had finally found myself.
5: I'm Jane Summers. Good morning. Finding myself was the topic I was given. And it's hard to say when that happened. I grew up in Austin, Texas, and my liberal ideas began in 1937. The book Gone with the Wind had been published in 1936, and my fourth grade teacher read us many excerpts from it. I remember her using such phrases as, quote, those people, meaning the enslaved people, should not have been treated that way, unquote. Four years later, her mother was my Methodist Sunday school teacher, and she also exposed us to anti-discrimination ideas. One summer, our class was taken on a field trip to a cotton farm. We were each given a long six-foot sack so we could pick cotton. Under the hot Texas sun, we were ready to give up after an hour. She wanted to show us how miserable it was to pick cotton for long hours in the heat. Austin did not have school buses, and I rode a public bus to school beginning in the ninth grade all through high school and college at the University of Texas until I graduated in 1949. Whites only were allowed in the front area, and I began the pattern of sitting at the very back of the white section next to the, quote, colored section. I felt empathy for those folks. I never told my parents about it. My sophomore year in college, I met my future husband, Neil Proctor, and we married after I got my degree. He was working on his M.A. He came from a very liberal background also. I began teaching fourth grade, and in 1951, when we were covering the dinosaur eras, I ordered film strips from the university about Darwin's work and showed them to my class. I was called to the principal's office the next day and chastised. Some parents complained that I was teaching evolution. Neil found a job as a test administrator in Corpus Christi, Texas. We moved there, but we were missing the intellectual stimulation of the campus and were told of a UU fellowship there, and we immediately joined our first UUs in 1957. Later on, we were active with the UUs in Kansas City. There was a divorce, and I moved to Columbia in August 1982 to be near my daughter. I immediately joined the UU Fellowship, as it was called here then, and I was welcomed and felt at home. I found myself. Rich Dean was president and I was asked to be on the board. I worked with the caring committee, now called Karuna, and did other volunteering. I met John Summers that September. He asked me to marry him in October, and we did a year later. The UU congregation has been so good to me, and I am so grateful. I have many dear friends here. They have helped me through the deaths of my daughter. At John Summers, and in so many other ways. I do not know what I would do without Dorothy Hutchins. She is my lifeline. My partner, John Lewis, brings me great joy, and we help each other in many ways. We live in a retirement home, and it assists us greatly with day-to-day living.
8: At this time, please rise and body or spirit, and we will sing together hymn number 191, Now I Recall My Childhood. be seated. At this time, we would have our sharing of joys and sorrows, a custom in our congregation where we can publicly and openly share a significant, meaningful event that has deeply touched our lives. However, this morning, we didn't receive joys and sorrows from the congregation, and so I would ask Mark to drop one stone. (laughs) to honor the joys and sorrows we are holding in our hearts. Thank you, Mark. During the music meditation that follows, those of you who are in the sanctuary may come forward in silence to drop a stone to honor your joys and sorrows. I apologize we got a little out of sequence here but at this time as we hold everything we have heard today in silence and contemplation take a few moments in silence for your personal prayer and reflection and then we'll hear the benediction. Please rise in body or spirit for the benediction and then sing together the benediction response. Sharing what we've found by Reverend Scott Taylor. Having found stillness, may we share peace. Having received connection, may we reach out to others. Having heard the call of our deepest self, may we live in greater alignment. Having returned to our center, may we expand the circle of love. Amen.
20: will defy explanation Girl, if you wanna view paradise Simply look around and view it Anything you want I'll do it Wanna fall in love There's nothing to
4: it
20: There is no life I know you compare with pure imagination living there you'll be free if you truly wish to be come with me and you'll be in a world of pure imagination what you see will defy explanation Look around and view it Anything you want, I'll do it Wanna find world of pure imagination take a look and you'll see into your imagination